like my father was in East Tennessee land of home free spent time as a kid hills of Carolina mountains and valleys there there's no place finer still my time keeps ticking away I'll just keep Hello everyone. Hey guys. We are coming at you from our respective podcast closets again. We are once again apart. Um, We celebrated Thanksgiving. Boo, I hate being apart. I wish we were still together. (laughs) I know, I'll be back in a few weeks though. Um, Our Thanksgiving went well. Uh, We did do our bingo, um, but honestly this was like such a low-key Thanksgiving. It was the smallest Thanksgiving we've ever had. So, I mean, I mean, it went well, I guess. Uh, my mom wasn't sober, so that sucked. But I'm Morgan, by the way, talking the younger cousin. That's Morgan. I'm <laughs> Sarah. She's the younger cousin. I'm the older cousin. Um, but yeah, I We only make- had three people over. But straight up, we uh, got some carryout food as part of our meal. Cook part, carryout part. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was good as hell. Everybody was like, God, this food is so good. We're like, yeah. And at one point, Nana asked, like, oh, my gosh, like, did you cook or where'd you get it? And I just said takeout. So told the truth, but nobody ever caught it. So <laughs> I guess we're like chef of the year at this point. I honestly don't think she heard you say that. I don't um, either. I, Sarah and I just looked at each other when she asked that. And I just waited. I was like, who's going to be the one to lie? And she was like, she didn't lie. She was like, takeout. But I don't think anyone heard. So I think that they thought that we did cook it all. Um, but we just were like, look, it's three people. Like, why should we stress ourselves out? Like, as you all heard last week, that week we were already in kind of a, a not great place. So we were like, let's just order the takeout easy. So let someone else cook our Thanksgiving food for us. It was really good. Um, I did do my cheesecake. The cheesecake was great. Oh my, my gosh. Mom- I literally ate some for breakfast. Okay. You did- <laughs> I love that you had it for breakfast. That's amazing. Ate a piece of it for breakfast with my coffee and cream. And it was amazing because I actually had to go on a little business trip, came back late last night. So this morning I was like struggling, getting back in the groove. And I was like, I kind of want something real sweet for breakfast. I <laughs> healthy breakfast breakfast I ate healthy breakfast with Morgan because she always makes us healthy breakfast and it's amazing and now I don't have her so I ate her cheesecake it was amazing (laughs) I love that also speaking of healthy um the infamous pea salad that we mentioned last week um my mom upgraded it this year instead of iceberg lettuce it was like fancy greens the tomatoes were fancy it was like upgraded um, and we also had people reach out to us to let us know that it is real, but I guess a few people had heard of that recipe before. Yeah. So. Some people shared the, uh, the recipe with us. So I guess we're not alone, but it was weird. I was like, why is there white cheese? It's always yellow <laughs> cheese. Like what is in this? Like every, the mayonnaise was still there, but everything <laughs> was completely different. And I was like, I mean, yay. She, you know, bougied it up and tried to make it a little more healthy. Maybe. <laughs> It, it was so good. 
yeah, it was still good. So we hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving too. Uh, we hope you did some bingo boards uh, or at least something to uh, help you get through it if yours is normally stressful. So yeah, and if you did do bingo boards, we really hope that you share them with us. You can do it privately email or through social media who would love to see them and kind of see what other folks kind of go through or you know was able to endure over the holidays but we do want to hear good stories we hope that you know some of you are reconnecting and having positive relationships exactly so anyways um also we had um we've had a, a, over a thousand listens uh, we posted a little reel on instagram but in case you guys did not see that uh we just wanted to thank you that's so crazy that we've had that many listens uh i don't know what we expected but i see i still just keep getting shocked at everything so like just beyond grateful that you guys are listening Yes, we're so thankful. So we had a little celebration while Morgan was still in town with me. And yeah, it's wild. We were like, gosh, if just a couple people listen and like reach out to us, that'd be great. But, you know, at the same token, we also took some time this week to work on audio, work on some social media stuff. We're hoping to open um, some groups soon so that we can all talk on an easy platform on Facebook. So we really look forward to that because we'd really like to meet more of you and connect with more of you. Totally. We're very excited about that aspect. Um, and yeah, we've been editing our old audio because, um, you know, as we've mentioned, like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, <laughs> but apparently, you know, you have to edit out breaths with podcasting. Um, and so... And that might not even be what people really do, but hours are distracting. So we're we're having to take the breaths out so that you guys don't have to hear us breathe. Yeah. Um, I guess we don't have like super official podcasting equipment. Uh, so we're, we're really DIY in this shit. Yes, uh, we are over <laughs> here with uh, shoestring and bubblegum. Yeah. But we're making it work. You know, we're doing the best. Uh, luckily Sarah is just like her work requires her to kind of have a good working knowledge of some of the stuff involved. Yeah. And she's, talented and can learn things super easily anyway so uh just shout out to her for <laughs> really leading the ship and <laughs> not being a totally I mean, blind you know it's funny with covid literally myself and one of um the persons in our it leadership we joke and say like we've done opened a production company because we've had to do so many things virtual now yeah. like we're always producing stuff and doing virtual videos and conferences and we're like yes i mean we're full-out producers at this point <laughs> that's what we have to assign ourselves when we're going into the programs so yeah. i've definitely learned a lot over the past couple of years yeah covid prepared you to be a podcaster so yes absolutely <laughs> all right sarah so i'm gonna let you uh explain what we're getting into this week but i will say like when when people do the like my family's crazy card and i'm like no mine's crazier this story is like my like jack i don't know like poker term of like like literally like the one-liner that you can say and people are like pitch um oh Okay, so we're going to talk about a self-inflicted gunshot wound that was not fatal. Apparently, and and I started thinking about this, in my immediate family, there have been a total of four, I mean, immediate family, 
four self-inflicted, some accident, some not, gunshot wounds. And it's like, I wonder why I get nervous around (laughs) firearms. That's probably why. Wonder why. I mean, unfortunately, our grandfather, um, the one who, you know, died by suicide, he actually had a self-inflicted gunshot wound when I was little. And I remember it. A firearm had gone off in his back pocket and shot him in the butt. Like, how awful is that, right? I remember going with my parents and getting him and getting him to the hospital. It was it was terrible. And then and that turned into like a big joke. Like everyone yeah. like it was like a funny thing that happened. Yeah. It I'm sure it was not funny. I mean, the buttocks is like a painful area to have a wound. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, fast forward when I was an adult, my stepfather actually had an accident hunting and had a self-inflicted gunshot wound that was, it was just awful. It was a terrible situation. He was not near a hospital, like in the wilderness. And then he had to suffer from the, uh, the effects of it for the rest of his life. It was terrible. It was his foot and it, it really did some damage to his, his poor foot. And it was something that bothered him until he passed away. But my mother actually has two self-inflicted stories and we're going to tell one of them today. Yeah. Yeah. So when, so when someone's like, my family's crazy, like I'm always like, no, mine is my aunt has shot herself on purpose twice in the foot. Like that's always separate occasions. Separate (laughs) occasions. Yeah. So we're going to be telling, um, the first but one being number one. Yeah. Yes. Story number one. It's just it, we say this stuff because it's in our life and it's normal. Like it's so not typical <laughs> for people to shoot themselves on purpose or on accident. But hey, stuff happens. So I was trying to think back to what time this was. Obviously, Morgan and I, a lot of times are just recalling stuff with you guys. We're not like making notes or looking up anything on the internet to remember like what's going on. So I'm thinking back to this time frame. I lived in Atlanta at the time. I believe it was around 2009, 2010, one of those years. And at the time, my child was a toddler and I had two offices. I would work in an office and then I would work at a home office. And so that day, I remember sitting at my desk. I was at my home office and I start getting these calls from my family. I'm pretty sure as usual, I start getting calls from my brothers first. And they're like, did you hear what happened? Do you know what happened? Have you talked to your mom? And I'm like, oh God, no. Like, what do you mean? And this is the time period where she was still kind of doctor shopping before she got blacklisted. So she was getting opioids over the counter to take, abusing them. And then, you know, usually having to like buy more to replace what she abused from her prescriptions. And so she would Wait, run so out. Real quick for people who aren't super familiar with opioid abuse, doctor shopping literally means like going to a doctor being like, I have this issue to get opioids and then getting the opioids and then going to another doctor. Like, yep. is that how that works? Yep. Damn. Yep. And then they, they catch on eventually, right? Yeah. So basically you're going to multiple providers and by the time you make it to the level of a pain clinic, Like that's when they really start. I guess they have a secret system. I don't know how it works on the back end. But once you go to a pain clinic, they actually drug test you to make sure you're taking the medication they assign. But so she'd been to multiple pain clinics. She'd been to multiple doctors. So she was just like getting prescriptions from all over the place. They figure it out and then they'll stop prescribing. And then basically on 
a pharmaceutical database or whatever they use, they'll see when someone has been flagged. And once you're flagged, it's even if you have like something where you have a surgery or something where you need opioids, technically, it's really hard to get them. Yeah. And that was over a decade ago. So I imagine it's harder to do that nowadays even. Oh, yeah. So this was at least, uh, you know, 10, 11 years ago. So yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And and again, this was, I mean, the birth of pain clinics wasn't too far before that, you know, Um, which is sad that, you know, in a lot of those clinics and a lot of the practices she would go to, once you get past like typical practices, you start paying out of pocket to see doctors to get pain medications. So it was, it was really when opioids were ramping up still, especially in the South. So this was when people were crossing state lines to go you know, get them from the doctors that you could pay to, to get them all that. So, so she would run out because she would abuse them. And then it would be a bad time because withdrawing off of opioids is not pleasant. So <laughs> all I can gather is that that was the, the back end story as to what, why this entire incident occurred. So my brothers are like, your mom got shot. And I'm like, what? Yes. Someone broke into the house. It's in the middle of the day during the work week and shot her. Like, I'm getting over there now. Dad's not home yet. I'm pretty sure the news station's there. So the initial story, apparently, to my, this was a call from my mother to my stepfather, her husband. She calls, reports that she had shot herself and that there was a home invasion. And he starts to leave work, has a little bit of a drive. And I guess he was the one that called the police to get them to the house. So the police are there. They're interviewing. They're trying to figure out what happened. And again, this is like, at the time, there there wasn't a lot of residential crime in that area. So, you know, she's claiming a man broke in, got her gun, and shot her with it in the foot. And the news station is, like, setting up to do a little sketch on it. Well, before they can get everything recorded, it comes out that she changed her story. So... My stepdad, like the police are there, like he's never been in trouble. He was cooperating, trying to figure out what in the world has happened. Then he realizes his wife is lying to the police. Yeah, because, I mean, nothing's missing, obviously. No, there's no sign of struggle whatsoever. They're out looking for this person that doesn't exist. And I think the reason they started catching on to it was, so their home is in the city and county. And in the city, you can't just shoot your guns in the yard, like in the county you can here, but not in the city. So there were shell casings all over the front yard. And so I think the police were starting to be like, wait a second. So you said someone came into the house. They get the gun from you, shoot you and leave. But why are all these casings outside? Can we just pause and talk about like the confidence of her? And maybe this is like the fact that she's like the youngest child or something. I don't know. But like the confidence of like not even like thinking like, should I have a story straight? I'm going to lie to the police and I'm going to claim a huge claim. Like there was a home invasion and this man shot me. Let me get my story straight. And like, I guess true crime podcasts weren't a thing then. So that's not where her mind was. But damn, the confidence of just like, fuck it. I'm going to lie to the police. Yes. Straight up lying to all these people on site. That's some privilege. That's some privilege for sure. They're like, okay, ma'am. So there's eight casings in the yard. (laughs) 
So clearly this <laughs> firearm was discharged outside. So then the raccoon story comes up. <laughs> so it turns into from a home invasion to an embarrassing story on her end that there was a raccoon on the porch. <laughs> In the middle of the day. Like attack her or her cat. I don't know. And so aren't they nocturnal anyways? Yes. <laughs> And so she goes inside, intentionally gets a firearm, which at the time there were still some not locked up, which changed drastically after that. (laughs) Gets one of my stepfather's firearms. It's a handgun. Comes out and supposedly there's all the casings outside because she was trying to shoot a a raccoon and it was dancing all over the porch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was no dead raccoon on the scene. So... (laughs) I, I don't know how, I mean, I think she was like trying to think on the fly with these stories, <laughs> but she stuck to that one. And the funny part is, again, this woman has had so much privilege with the police. They did nothing to her for lying and everything or shooting a firearm in an area that you're not allowed to. She got out of it completely scotch-free. And my poor stepdad was like, I don't have anything to do with this. He was like, this is her. Like, I was at work. I wasn't here. I will lock up my firearms. I don't know what has happened. So while all of this is unfolding, there was a period of time where I couldn't get a hold of my my stepdad, who was obviously, you know, dealing with the situation. And my brothers didn't have a full update. And so I'm still trying to figure out what had really transpired, like where was she shot? And so randomly, I wound up talking to my biological dad, her ex-husband. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, God damn. Well, <laughs> I'm over here drinking beer, having having a drink. What, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm at work. Did your mom tell you I went by there? I was like, no, actually, I haven't talked to my mom. You've talked to my mom? What do you mean you've talked to my mom? Oh, God damn. She called me, told me she didn't shot herself in the foot. And I I was over there on a service call and that into town. So we stopped by. And I mean, she was bleeding everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I duct taped her foot up. (laughs) I mean, this is like the most redneck shit. (laughs) Who would even show up if. First of all, I'm a grown person at this point. I'm their only child together. Your ex-wife calls you drunk and is like, oh, I need you to come over. I shot myself. Like, would you even show up? Well, he did. I mean, that's some (laughs) commitment right there. I don't care what end of town I'm on. I'd be like, you need to call the police and get an ambulance or something. Take your medical care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not coming. But yeah, so the, the thing was, is my dad's always were very cordial with each other. But my biological dad was always a little scared of my stepdad because he didn't want to disrespect him or anything. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, well, I just don't want your stepdad to know that I was involved. I don't want him to be mad at me. (laughs) He was like, yeah, but I duct tape. I was like, you duct taped a gunshot wound on her foot. Yeah. He was like, that's all I had in the van, you know, and I'm just like, I can't even with you people right now. And now he's at a bar slosh trying to pretend like he had nothing to do with it (laughs) no one even knew he had come by the scene before the police and everyone were called and so I'm just like processing all of it I finally talked to my stepdad he's again he was very nervous about being in trouble um but he was all you know 
he was shook, obviously. And then afterwards had to take her to the hospital to get her foot taken care of somehow. And maybe this is why there were eight shots. She did not even hit a bone. How do you really do that (laughs) with your foot? There's so many fucking bones in the foot. This woman, I swear to God, is the luckiest woman to have ever graced this earth. Like, if we even did half the shit she has done, like, we would have been locked up already or not alive or what. Like, it is absolutely insane. Like, I always jokingly say, like, she's a cockroach. Yeah. Like, Like, she... I I can't... I can't even get out of a ticket. No. And she lies to the police after shooting a firearm in the middle of the city in the middle of the day and gets in zero trouble. And then doesn't hit a bone. That just seems like, how is that even possible? And so, of course, I talked to her later and I'm like, oh, I mean, are you okay? Does it hurt? Like, well, that raccoon, he was dancing all over the place. I was trying to shoot him. I accidentally got my foot. I was like, you probably should have just went inside if there was an altercation with the raccoon. <laughs> like, it probably would have left. Like, you know you can't shoot a firearm at your house. Like, you could hurt somebody, you know. But she was like, I'm fine. I was like, can you walk? Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, which foot was it? You know, it's just like, <laughs> she was always so casual about it. But really, the story, if you put it together, she needed pain pills. And so she found a way to get pain pills by shooting herself in the foot. Which is just like the desperation. And I mean, that just like goes to show like, you know, addiction and like how it truly does like take over the brain, like to be like, well, shit, what can I do? Yeah. Let me try this. This will work. And I mean, damn, it sure did. Inflict pain on myself with a gun to get pain pills because so the whole doctor shopping thing so if you go to an emergency room that can be an exception right so (laughs) that's like the one way around it it's like my poor stepdad he was just trying to be at work making a living paying these bills and he gets these alarming calls in the middle of the day like i'm so sorry my wife shot my shot herself (laughs) like i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) gotta head out and like i remember getting call like I would have been in college at this time like early college I remember like being told this story but like truly this is like I mean this is just like our family like I don't think I've heard you retell this story until just now yeah I haven't retold it until just now I mean I'll say in passing like my mom has shot herself twice for pain bills which you got (laughs) right exactly that's that's always my go-to as well but like all the details with the I forget that, like, the news came out. Yes. Like, the local news came out. Yes. Because there was a home invasion in this area. Well, and unfortunately, (laughs) and this is the shitty part, she was also, like, really pinging on some racism in that area. It's predominantly freaking white area at the time. And, of course, she claimed a large black man had a... And it's just, like, it pisses me off so much that she used that story because that's how the news was setting up right which is like fucked up on so many levels and obviously there's a whole history of white women claiming black men did things that they didn't actually do like it's absolutely infuriating yeah and then to be like oh actually never mind it was a raccoon and then on the porch right and then just being like okay well have a nice day like she must get like the nicest police officers ever they must have been either that or they just don't want to deal with her they're like we're out (laughs) i do think that is part of it with her because she is 
clearly a lot to deal with. Uh, and it's probably easier to just be like, you know what? We're out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously endless jokes about raccoons in our family. Like, <laughs> and I, a I've, random I've loved, raccoon. <laughs> I love that your dad, who is like, who is just as wild. I mean, rest in peace. Uh, just as wild as she is. They were truly a match. I don't know. You would say match made in heaven, but those two were wild. Uh, yes. I love that he just was like, well, don't call the police or anybody because we're both, you know, alcoholics and addicts. Intoxicated. Uh, in the middle of the day. Uh, let's just duct tape this shit. Like yes. the most redneck shit ever. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about how hard it's going to be to get that duct tape off to actually do what you need to do to the wound. <laughs> Can you imagine how bad that hurt? Like you would have to be fucked up to remove duct tape from your Yes. Gun. I mean, and I could see it. Just the dynamics between those two. Like, yeah. Oh god damn. Cut duck. All I've got's duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> because he was usually infamous for having a first aid kit. Somehow there were like a lot of accidents yeah. near him around him. So he always tried to play it safe and always had his kit. I actually still have the blue tin box that he always had as his kit and I keep like my first aid stuff in it here, but that day he was a little underprepared for the the gunshot wound. <laughs> For the gunshot wound, which, oh my God, that's, that one is absolutely wild. Like we always joke um, when we're trying to describe our family to people, we're like, have you seen Shameless? Um, and, you know, a lot of people have seen show Shameless. Show on Showtime. Great show. Amazing show on Showtime. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. And we're always like, I'm always like, my aunt is Frank. And Sarah's always like, my mom is Frank. And it's, it's so true. Like, she gets herself in the, the most ridiculous situations. Like, you cannot make this shit up. Like, this sounds like a movie. Yeah. And she always just comes out on just totally unscathed. Absolutely. She was, I mean, she didn't even have downtime from this wound. She got exactly what she wanted. It worked, <laughs> it worked out, out well. For her. Obviously, there's another story to tell in the future. So it worked out so well, she decided it was worth to do it again. So. Yeah, she did it again, right? Which is like, what the f See, and what's crazy is I don't even remember, like, when you tell the second one, that's also going to be like another retelling because I don't even remember the details surrounding yeah. that one because I thought all the details surrounding this one were two separate ones. Because it's just so crazy. No, it's all the same story. It's bizarre. And, you know, I did move around for quite a bit. So during some of these times, I was, you know, getting the story remotely and plugging in on the phone because I didn't live locally. Thank God. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of shady stuff happening at that time. Um, I think that's when she was reintroducing or being introduced to a lot more drugs. And, you know, this is kind of the infancy of things started to disappear because she needed money, you know, so things started getting pawned. She was finding friends in the neighborhood to hang out with because she was running out of resources. And it sucks. Like I have such a, an opinion about the pharmaceutical company in general um, or pharmaceutical companies and like the for-profit and, you know, the, the lobbying with doctors to sell it yep. and stuff. And it's like some of these pain medications it's like if you're at home there's no reason why you should take that we need to keep it inside of like a hospital environment because if you're having to take something that strong something is really bad wrong with you and you probably need to address that and not be you know covering it up with pain medication which inevitably 
at the end of the day, messes your brain up to where everything hurts worse anyways. So, and you know, my mom kind of was a victim to having the surgeries and getting hooked that way. So she never had a problem with pills my whole life. And she worked really strenuous jobs. She was an electrician and she wound up having like manual, manual labor. Yeah. I mean, like people would say like she worked like a man. Absolutely. She had the heavy tool belt. She climbed in and out of modular homes doing, you know, all of the wiring. And she, you know, has done a lot of jobs like that, very hands-on. And she wound up finally slipping a disc in her back. And that's where it started. And then there was multiple, you know, back surgeries after that. And that's when the pain pills were introduced. And it just continued to deteriorate from there. And it's like you do build up a tolerance. So you need more and more and more really to just stay level and not be sick. So many people are like, oh my God, I can't believe people, you know, continue to take medicine and stuff like that. And it's like, but what you don't know is it's only about having a fun time for a short period of time. Then it's about not being sick, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. I mean, like she probably was a little bit of like she was like a pretty high functioning alcoholic before the surgery right I mean like both of our mothers obviously have histories of addiction and alcoholism um into their like you know probably high school years um but yeah it's crazy like a lot of people became opioid addicts because yeah they genuinely had a surgery and were prescribed them and it's just crazy like it the opioid epidemic is like so devastating. I mean, it truly just is. awful. Uh, and I don't think prescription opioids were ever meant to be taken long term. But obviously, you know, they're so profitable that they've just been pushed. And yeah, yeah, it's it's devastating. Truly, my plug is I think that depending on sales, if you're a, pharma- a pharmaceutical company selling opioids, that you would have to give a percentage of that sales to help people recover. Like if you're going to keep popping them out, at least help people get back to good that don't need to be on them. You know, we need a lot of help with recovery in our country because there's not very much. No, as we mentioned before, like it's so hard to like you have to really have a lot of resources and a lot of privilege to even, you know, get recovery. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and all these opioid companies have been... um, like sued recently, like there's been like, you know, huge lawsuits, but I I have one, I mean, I haven't looked into it. So if someone has like, please let me know. I don't feel like any of that money has gone to resources for recovery. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe some has, but I can assure you it's not enough (laughs) based (laughs) based on the incarcerated and the numbers out there and, you know, people who uh, pass away and, and all that good stuff that is awful and devastating that have to do with opioids. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and that, that, I mean, it also, this whole story goes back to like the whole, like getting multiple phone calls and like, just like waiting for the other shoe to drop of like, Oh God, you know, the family called today, like what happened today? And that just like constant state of anxiety. And, you know, like we talked about last week, like with ghosting, like, I feel like that, all the trauma and like just like tragedy and like scary stuff like that that have happened in our lives are why like ghosting and you know the phone calls are so like it's awful. triggering. I mean, just yeah. last night I was on a flight home and I turned my phone on when we landed 
And I see that our Nana had called me four times. So four times, of course, I'm like, well, my mom passed away because she's in a a horrible shape. And so before I could even have the strength to call her back, I start messaging Morgan first. Like, have you heard anything? I'm shook. Like, I'm really worried something bad has happened. And I go through a lot of anxiety because of those things. But yeah, I get these phone calls where crazy stuff has happened like my whole life. Exactly. And like when you texted me, like, you know, Nana has called me four times. Like I immediately am like, okay, well, I guess let me mentally prepare myself for, you know, a death. And I'm immediately in my mind, like, well, when can I travel in for a funeral? Like just like going down that path, because like, that's what we've had to do. And then I'm like, do you want to call back with me on mute? You know, (laughs) cause that's what we have to do. Absolutely. Yes. I need your moral support on the phone (laughs) with me. I cannot do it alone. I'm not strong enough because, you know, one of the things that we didn't mention when we first started, but holidays are hard for us. Um, They're very hard for me with two of my parents being deceased and then one basically laying on their deathbed and everything that goes with that. And, you know, family is associated with holidays. So another thing is I have, you know, shared custody with my child. So I usually send him off on holidays. So holidays are just like, I don't look forward to driving in the traffic to get him to his father. I don't look forward to the gatherings and like just all the typical questions that you have at work and like, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I cook, but there was only three people that came over. You know, <laughs> it's just, it, it's not the norm. And I do wish that my family was here and my family was healthy, all of them. But it's also just like that perception of what having a life surrounded by positive family members would be. I think that sometimes I ideate on that. And so no matter how much I try or spend time with Morgan, like holidays are hard. So I've gone through a lot of depression this last week and definitely gotten behind on all of my tasks and (laughs) spent a lot of the time over my holiday break in bed. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. Um, the holidays are hard and, uh, yeah. I mean, like we said last week, we (laughs) recorded the episode day of on Sunday. Um, this week we are doing a little better, but it's still just like, yeah, I think we're both just in a a weird place. Yeah. Totally transparent. Not, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm even calling it weird. Like that. I think that's like my stigma with, just like how society views depression and everything like yeah we're both in like kind of kind of a depressed place um trying but it's a hard time and and that's the thing is like with your with your mom my aunt um yeah I mean like you mentioned last episode like we're we're essentially waiting on her to die I mean at this point like her addiction has progressed to such a a really bad point that four phone calls were like well that's definitely what it is yeah. Luckily, that w- there was no tragedy last night. I don't know why she felt the need to call Sarah four times, but there was no tragedy, thank God. But yeah, we're just always, always waiting for the other shoe to drop, essentially. Right. And well, I feel like we have had a lot of trauma around the holidays in general, like not just like people arguing on Thanksgiving and stuff, but I feel like we've had some deaths around holidays. Yeah, we have. It, honestly, the fall months have been real rough <laughs> um, into winter. That's when a lot of things have occurred. So, yeah, it makes it uh, for a, a tough time of year, especially you had the, you know, it being dark longer and, God. you know, yeah. the seasonal depression <laughs> and the holidays. It's a it's a pretty rough time. 
take that vitamin D if if anything. <laughs> I take mine every day. Lots of vitamin D. Lots of vitamin D. Gotta have the vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Morgan and I tried to be like, we're single. We're looking good. We're going out. We did that a couple of times when she was in and like drank. And then the next days would be so much worse because, well, <laughs> we had a depressant and it didn't make things any better. We were happy when we had it. But then the next day, it's just like, ugh, for real. Yeah. Yeah, actually. So I wasn't I feel like this has been a short episode so far. So I'm going to like just get into this real quick. Um, I was just texting with a friend uh, right before we started uh, recording and I thought to myself like I'm going to talk about this on the pod but like not this not this episode um but here I am going to talk about it yeah I I'm actually like kind of reevaluating my relationship with alcohol which um I think the reason I didn't want to talk about it is because like I feel like there's I feel a, a little ashamed uh because I think I'm realizing that I don't have the healthiest habits around drinking um even though I've like very much like prided myself on like, oh, my mom's an alcoholic. I have so many alcoholics in my family, but like, I'm not an alcoholic because I don't like drink every day when I'm alone. And I don't, you know, use alcohol to cope when I'm stressed after work or whatever. Um, But I'm realizing that when it comes to like having a good time with my friends and like everybody going out, whatever, that like, I can't drink in moderation and I can't like check myself. And I have been drinking like more than I'm comfortable with when I go out to have a good time lately and it turns into not a good time. And so now I'm like, Oh shit, I better reevaluate this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I'm kind of like dealing with that right now, not dealing with it, but like just kind of sitting down and like thinking about it. Yeah. And I think it's so amazing that you're not making excuses. I also, I also often have that problem. I'll be having a good time and I just want to keep on having a good time. So I won't like, stop I'll just like keep drinking and it it can definitely be problematic uh and it is something that you know I think occasionally I have to have some self-reflection and and really think about it but I think it's amazing that you're able to identify that and take responsibility for it and kind of you know rethink to make sure that you're making healthy choices but I was going to go back to like this other shoe dropping so that's another thing that I think Morgan and I have both really struggled with is when things are going well in our lives like we're like okay we're good we're good that feeling of anticipation for something to go wrong grows so it's like okay how am I going to be punished for the good that's happening in my life and I don't know if there's you know terms or insight around that but it it definitely is something that I'm like well I could have expected it things were going too well and it's hard because I want to stay positive and not think that way but at the same time it's like these things just kind of lure over us oh my god yes that is a really big one for me too like anytime I'm in like a good relationship or I get like a great new job or just like I'm genuinely like in a good space in life I'm like okay but something bad is going to happen. Um, I I feel like I've gotten a little better about that in the last few years, though. And I think it's from like affirmations. And I think it goes like doing work with affirmations. And I think it kind of one, it's definitely our trauma because like that's totally valid. Um, but it's also, I think, plays into a self-worth thing. Like we talked about last episode of like, well, I guess I don't I'm not worthy of like 
a happy life or I'm not worthy of like a happy, healthy relationship. Um, so well, I've had to do like affirmations of like, I deserve, a, you know, whatever. And I, I, that has helped my anxiety with that kind of stuff a, a good amount. Yeah. I really still need to get a therapist and I really need to do some of that. I think it also plays into how, and you made a comment about this while you're in town, we're always working for the next best thing, you know, and it's hard for us to be happy in the moment and settle. So it's like, we're always working to make things better in like every sense. Always trying to get to the next best thing. And yeah, we need to like enjoy the, the seasons that we're in and like the present moment. Um, which can be hard to do. And I mean, like you talked about in, I don't remember what episode it was at this point, but like the whole, like distracting yourself, you know, with work or like trying to accomplish goals, like that can also be a thing, you know? Right. Yeah. It's kind of like an avoidance. So, but Hey, to make myself feel a little bit better about not being in a relationship, I did see a meme that I really liked and I shared with a few of my close friends. It was like, the next time someone asks me why I'm still single, I'm just going to say it's a supply chain issue, <laughs> which is so valid. And that is the life and season we are in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Listen, everything has a supply chain issue right now, including eligible, healthy men that aren't uh evolved modern fuck boys (laughs) and toxic (laughs) it's a supply chain issue it it truly is a supply chain issue really hoping for that to shape up sometime soon maybe my man's also stuck in the ocean who knows (laughs) you know yeah he's stuck on a cargo ship as well port let him in (laughs) along with that ikea couch I've been waiting on a part for my recliner for like six months, y'all. I'm ready to get it. Maybe it'll come with a bonus. <laughs> exactly. Your husband is on the same ship that your recliner part is on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Well, yes. Well, I'm trying to th- we hit we at the end. We just I feel like we hit like a boom, boom, boom of like a lot of shit that like we're working on and you going know through. going through and need to work on I'm trying to like summarize it all but I don't I don't think I have a way yeah, to yeah you know safety safety advice use the safety on your handguns keep it on and For keep starters. Them, and keep them in a safe place <laughs> yeah starters um that's that's a good that's a good one to start with yes um, and you know, also or, no you go ahead we just we do want to hear more. We want to hear more about your Thanksgiving. I know um, I know a lot of people are kind of sick right now and coming out of Thanksgiving. Yes. I think the weather changing and stuff has really affected a lot of people. But, you know, when you're feeling better, we want to hear about it. We want to hear about your holiday. We want to hear, you know, anything that you want to convite or, you know, share with us. It, or if you have any comments or suggestions on what we have talked about, we want to hear that as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I heard a lot of a lot of people responded about like just like personal people in my life like dms and stuff about the the ghosting episode like that one seemed to like really resonate with a lot of people um and i had a a lot of my friends were like i was gonna call you out for not responding to that guy after one date but sarah (laughs) called you out and you called out yourself and i just want to let you guys know that there was part of me for a split second that i was going to be like sarah can we edit out that part but i was like no bitch you gotta stay honest and transparent yes. and authentic it's hard to do the right thing 
It is, but we're, you know, we're not perfect, obviously, in case you guys haven't learned, but we're, we're figuring it out. (laughs) And we're doing the work. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're trying to do the work. Um, But yeah, share, we want to hear, like, especially this episode, like anything that resonated with you all, we want to hear your stories. Um, Again, we'll have our Facebook up very soon so that this can be a little more. Once we stop taking depression naps, it'll happen. (laughs) As soon as we're not depressed, our Facebook will be up and running. Yes. <laughs> You'll know it's a good day. So soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be so soon. You know, we just have to light some candles and um, I don't know what else helps people not be depressed. Oh, no. Other people? <laughs> Other people. by yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some vitamin D, you know. I, we're going to have our Facebook up before Christmas. That's, you think that's doable? Yes. Okay, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's our goal. I just I just gave us a goal. So um, we definitely want to hear from you all. Um, yeah. Great. So, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, again, it's it's crazy that we've had this many listens so far. Um, we are just it, like so beyond grateful. Uh, we love you guys so much. You know, watch out for raccoons. Please don't shoot <laughs> the little critters. Just let them go their way. Uh, call, call a resource. You know, <laughs> it's not worth it. Don't but, shoot critters uh, <laughs> or your yeah. own foot. Yes. Please don't shoot yourself in the foot or the butt. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, take care of yourself. Take time for yourself. Take care of your mental health. And we can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Bye, guys. Bye.